Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley here, and tonight we have a treat. Um, I was looking to see the right person who could preview the Iowa Hawkeyes for me, and due to a friend um, told me that Matt Randazzo is the person. WQAD, obviously the sports director there um, up in the Quad Cities, News 8. Matt, you come highly recommended as wow. the man who is to, to, to preview for Illini fans what they're going to face this this Saturday night. I'm so. going gonna, I'm gonna to owe some people some money or something <laughs> like that. That's some that's some, now I got some some shoes to fill. Now I got it's like a, a bar to meet some expectations. But no, hey, here in the Quad Cities, Mike, first off, thanks for, for having me. That's awesome. Um, Here in the Quad Cities, this I feel like is the heartland of the Iowa Illinois rivalry. Cause I know there's, there's hatred on both sides and you get yep. into the States and stuff like that, but this is where it's at. Cause if you go to Iowa city, you know, there's people who hate the Gophers. There's people who hate Iowa state, obviously there's people who hate, you know, Minnesota, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but this Nebraska, but this is like, this is the number one, like growing up here in the quad cities, this is like the, the Illinois Iowa rivalry is the biggest rivalry we have. You go down towards Champaign and, you know, guys don't like Missouri, um, Northwestern. You're not big fans of, I hear you hate Indiana, all that kind of stuff. But like here it's Iowa and Illinois. And for some reason, cause you look at the way the programs are for basketball, it's usually been Illinois. That's been really good. And some, and it's, it's not always at the same time that I was decent or good. And then football is kind of the same thing. So it's always really fun to have this rivalry where both teams are good. And it's happened the last couple of years in basketball and we've had some really good games. We've had yep. some really good chatter. We've had some really good, and you could see the Quad Cities kind of getting involved and getting back to the way it was when, you know, I don't want to date myself, but I'm 43. So, but when I was growing up and some of those battles in the eighties and I didn't think we'd get to say Bruce Pearl's name this early in the conversation, but that kind of stuff and the Deion Thomases and all those kind of things. So it's been fun recently. And here we are, Mike, this year with a football game with two winning football teams, I know Iowa fans are cranky and we'll talk a lot about all that. And I know Illinois fans are excited and we'll talk a lot about that. And we have a guy who's leading Illinois that's got a Tiger Hawk tattoo on his leg. So there's a ton to talk about with this rivalry, with this game. And it's, it should be a fun week and a fun weekend of, of college football. Yeah, I, I agree totally. And, and you know, I'm 55. So um, we were there when Bruce Pearl tore it down with a little help from Bobby Knight and Digger Phelps, you know, uh, over it. And it's like, it's like the problem that Illinois fans have is like, we get caught cheating doing like ridiculous minor league stuff. And then, and you're still reading the articles about Woody Hayes and Bear Bryant dropping yeah. off cars at people's house. And then Illinois gets the slush fund in 67 for like giving some guy $5, yeah. you know, and you're like, Seriously, we get in trouble for that. Um, it, nobody ever says we're clean. You know, it's like it's like perfect, but but it's like if you're if we're gonna cheat, don't get caught and go big. The the crazy thing about all that is that what Bruce Pearl and all that situation went through. Now you look at life today in college basketball today, and when you think of crooked coaches, coaches that aren't doing it the correct way, and you start making a list, isn't Bruce Pearl like one of the top three guys you put on that list as uh, like slimy? <laughs> he's he's slimy, and but I will say one thing, and this is the part that's painful. Don't he's, you're a, say he's a good he's a good he's coach. a fantastic coach. Yeah, no, he I is. mean, and and I've I look, I coached AAU basketball for years, and I know what mediocre coaching is because that's what I did. Um, <laughs> but 
but he is a fantastic coach and it makes it very frustrating that he decides he's going to cut corners and, and take shortcuts because I don't know that he needs to, if he would just have a little more patience. Yeah, no. And that's where it all began. And I remember growing up and gosh, and I grew up an Iowa fan. So all, all truth be told, I grew up an Iowa fan. I'm still an Iowa fan. Um, I am an unbiased member of the media. So I always tell people up here in the quad cities, cause we're kind of proud of what we've done. We, we were the only station from the quad cities to get down to um, John Gross when he was announced when um, um, uh, lovey was announced recently when uh, um uh, Brett Bielema was announced. We were yeah. the only station down. So like we really, we've had some great athletes down there. Cody Sedlock was there for baseball from our area. Great dude who got drafted in the first round. Um, Joseph Bertrand was from our area and stuff like that. Yep. So we cover them equally, but when truth be told, I'm an Iowa fan and growing up an Iowa fan, I didn't like y'all. Like I just didn't like, and it was, it was a, it was a passion that like, if you liked one in the quad cities, you dislike the other. When you went to school the next day and there was an Iowa Illinois game on the night before, if your team lost, you didn't want to go to school because yeah. the, the other time they were going to make their, your life a living hell. And it's fun because I was 12, I was 13, I was four. I've grown up. And so that's kind of the thing where I, I, I've sat down with Bruce Weber and had an interview up here with him and he was the nicest human being in the world. And we got along great. And a half hour afterwards, we sat there and and hung out and chatted and you got done and you walked away and you're like, I'm not supposed to like him and the little fan me and me, you know, the Iowa fan yep. in me, but he's a really good dude. So I think as you grow up, you kind of like, but you still have that dislike and you still have that rivalry in you and stuff like that. So um, it is, it's a fun rivalry up here and I'm excited for this year's game, Mike, because um, I love what Brett Bielan was doing. I absolutely love what he's doing. And it's weird because he's kind of using an Iowa ish, or Wisconsin-ish blueprint to to build the Illinois football program, and that's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it, and he's it's interesting because um, I'll, I'll be honest with you here at Illini guys. One of the first articles I wrote was you know when he got hired, and I wasn't particularly a huge fan, um, predominantly because you know the offense that he plays is is just you know you you can't beat the great teams with that offense. Mm -hmm. And yet then this year, he's totally made me look like an idiot, which I, obviously he never reads the articles. He doesn't know, but he's made me look like an idiot by bringing in Barry Lunny Jr. And all of a sudden now they're, they're doing RPO. They're looking over to the sideline to call plays. I'm like, what happened to Brett Bielema? And I'll tell you, I interviewed him and I come at it as the fan guy. So I don't have 30 years in the media. I got 30 years of sales. I was I, I sold for big companies across the U.S. Um, uh, and I actually worked at a company called Novartis for a decade with a former Iowa basketball player, Steve Lusso. Um, and and when I when I met Brett and we sat down and talked, it was I felt like I was dealing with an executive from a corporation, not a football coach, because. He was so organized to the point that I actually felt like, you know, at 10.02, he knew he was going to scratch his nose with his left hand for <laughs> two seconds. And I walked away from that thinking that maybe the Belichick era working for him and, and, and how Belichick hits you on you have to know the small things because everything is so even in the NFL that the guy who controls the most can win. And I really felt like, um, whatever happened to Brett, and I never knew him beforehand, but his image is the Wisconsin coach mm -hmm. versus what I saw as the Illinois coach. 
it was a much more mature um, and much more calculating um, person than what his image was. Yeah. Mike, I think he learned more from his days in Arkansas and his failures at Arkansas than he may have learned at Wisconsin. I'm not saying he wasn't a, he's a very good football coach at Wisconsin, right. but at the way that Barry Alvarez had that thing humming, you or I probably could have gone up there and, and won nine games. So I always had that question, even when he took the Illinois job, and I lo- I actually liked the hire when he took the Illinois job, and I thought he could bring some stability. And because you mentioned not beating the great teams, and that's the that's the the frustration with Iowa fans and the frustration with Kirk Ferentz and what he's done. But Iowa fans have enjoyed the last 20 years and had a lot of great times. And Illinois fans deserve that. They deserve. I was very frustrated during the Lovey Smith era. And I sat here on podcasts that I did on my own and different other podcasts saying like Illinois fans deserve better and they deserve to have. And you can't just go from what Illinois had been to Ohio State. That's very rare to do. It's tough to do. You have to catch lightning in a bottle. I think this was the best way to go about it. But I think he learned from his days at, 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 at Arkansas. I think it humbled him a little bit. And I think he realized and he and and I think you could even go back to covering Kirk Ferentz that I have for 20 years. He's had several bumps in the road where it was a, um, a do or die moment or he had to make adjustments and he made the adjustments that he had to. And he learned from the failures more than he's learned from the, the successes that he had. And I think that's what you got with Brett Bielema. And I think when you're right, when he went away and he did the I think the NFL stuff kind of changed a little bit about him and had him look at a a bigger picture of, of what you have to do and you have to be diverse and you have to adjust and you can still keep your base. You can still yep. be a very good defensive football team. You can still want to run the football. They're going to want to run the football as much as pass the football and be a balanced offense, but you can do a few things differently that it's funny that Iowa fans are pounding their heads about right now because Iowa may be not as willing to make some adjustments, especially on the offensive side, which we'll get into here in a second. But I think, and that's what I'm, I'm really impressed with. We sat with a, uh, um, Brett Bielema, just this, oh gosh, I'm thinking summertime, they did the caravan and they yep. came to the Quad Cities, which I've been pounding away at that Quad City fans deserve that damn caravan. It had been way too long. There's some really awesome Illinois fans here in the Quad Cities that weren't getting what they deserved because they weren't getting up here. I know Brett made sure that changed being a Prophetstown native and being a kind Quad City kind of guy to get them up here. But I sat there with him and, and Mike, he was just, you could tell that he knew what he was doing. He was ready to take this thing and he wasn't happy with what last year was. You know, I said to him like, hey, you know, how happy were we with you with year one? And it wasn't, he was far from content. And you even heard him last week after they beat Wisconsin. We should expect to do these things. You know, he's got a big picture of what he wants to do, what he wants to get done. I've been really impressed with him so far. Um, I will say this, we just and I did just do a podcast with our podcast that we do, the HawkeyeReport.com podcast. We had our good friend, Ked Prince on, who you yep. all know very well. And I just kind of brought this up with him and, and Ked kind of agreed. I think this Iowa game, coming up on Saturday is much bigger than his return to Wisconsin to Brett Bielema. The way I, he talked to me with me when we did that interview, I mean, we mentioned, I joked, he's got a tiger Hawk tattoo on his, on his leg. He played at the university of Iowa. He coached with all these guys. He learned a lot from all these guys. It killed him. Like it killed him that he had COVID last year and wasn't able to go to Iowa city for that football game. And I think this is the biggest game of the year for, I mean, he wouldn't tell that to you. He's not going to say that in front of the media, but if you had like five minutes with uh, Brett Bielema and you said, Hey coach, there's nobody around. I ain't going to tell anybody. If you had one game you want to win this year, what is it? It's, it's this Saturday's game. And so it, it's really intriguing. It's going to be a good, good matchup, but 
there's so many storylines to this and it makes a rivalry that was already a great rivalry even more interesting when you have a guy that used to play at one school coaching the other school and, and what we have coming up this weekend. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the, the I can give you, I can read you a list of names and that's why Illinois has struggled and Iowa has not because if I said Mike White, John Makovic, Lou Tepper, Ron Turner, Ron Zook, Vic Koenig, Tim Beckman, Bill Cubitt, Lovey Smith, Rod Smith, Brett Bielema. Those are the guys who've coached the Illini since Hayden Fry was was uh, hired. Wow. And, and so you've had – How many is I, that? Uh, well, now a couple of those were interim guys. No, I get gonna, that. You're going to make me count here. And I believe Gary Moeller would actually fall into that as well. So let's yeah. add Gary to that. One, two, three. He's getting his his feet out. Well, he's, I'm using his toes. Well, right now, guys. yeah, I, I know. Like, this, but he's using I, I look. I'm a sports guy. I'm a sales <laughs> guy. You know, I'm. I, I don't. I don't know. Twelve. It looks like twelve coaches approximately. I'm just guessing. Yeah, Iowa has. I always had two during that two, period. Two and forty forty something years, and 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 so to me, that's the difference because what they're going to find up in Wisconsin is everybody's like, oh, we got him, we fired him. Hey, look, Illinois has been through the we fired him phase. That's not important. The phase that's important is who do you hire? Mm -hmm. And is Jim Leonard going to be the guy who leads Wisconsin? Well, I think he's got a few games here to prove it. But if they don't choose right, then Paul Chris becomes Frank Solich. And he becomes, you know, uh, Bo Pelini. He also, basketball-wise, becomes Tom Davis who Iowa fans wanted to get the heck out of there. And that he was wasn't a great doing coach. As and an then Illinois we, fan, I loved him. He was fantastic. And, he played and then you rolled in Steve Alford, and then it got even worse because then you hired Todd Licklider. And I would yeah. even say on the Illinois side of things, you had a Bruce Weber. And everyone was happy. I mean, the, the, Bruce Weber, first off, is a class act. Great dude. And I'm not going to sit here on a on a hill and say, you shouldn't have fired Bruce Weber. How dare you? Because I think you eventually got it really right with, with Brad Underwood. But you had to go through your John Grosses in order to get to where you need to be. So if the grass is not always greener on the other side, I was shocked. Were you surprised that I was Mike, that they, they did it when they did it. I wasn't surprised that they went on, they got rid of uh, Chris. I just was surprised that it happened when it happened. You know, and I'll tell you what, on the Iowa side, on the Iowa side, all you heard was good for Wisconsin. That's what we need to do with Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. Which is crazy. crazy. Yeah. Nonsense, but go ahead. What, yeah, what's your no, theory? no, I, I, love, I, actually, I love theories. I, I love got a theory theories. on that. Now, now again, you go, you go into jobs. I, I had to hire for two decades, and I think what they're doing, and maybe I'll be totally, you know, Macintosh could laugh at me if you heard a clip of this, which he won't because he didn't care. But my thought process is, is they give Leonard the the seven games or whatever they've got left as a uh, trial. If he doesn't do as well as they want, you can say, hey, we gave you that dry run, but we love you. Here's a raise to stay defensive coordinator. We're going to be we're going to bring Lance in from Kansas or you pick the coach, but we would really like you to stay here. And you can say that we gave you a chance and it just didn't work out, but we want you and we want to build your reputation. And you keep one of the top defensive coordinators in the country. Yeah, I can def I can definitely see that. I don't know if even if he doesn't do well, because I don't will he do well? Like I, I don't, don't know. I mean, I think they'll I think last they'll do year well they did. this week. 
Yeah, I think they'll do well this weekend. They got Northwestern this weekend. I think they play really well yep. this weekend. But if he doesn't do well, then like I don't still see another program not wanting him to come and be their head coach. Oh, so so if Wisconsin says no, I don't think no. He now mind you, if he goes zero and six or whatever's left on the right. schedule, and it becomes. Uh, uh, but if he goes four and three, or I, don't, I get my numbers wrong, I don't know how many games they have left or whatever. But if he's a little over five hundred and wins some football games, you know, it's just it's a very I just and I get that's why that you do it. Like that's what I didn't understand is why do it now? If Jim Leonard's going to be your guy, he's going to be your guy at the end of the year. You might as well go with it. I agree. So I do like that theory because if you didn't wait till the end of the year, you're just being mean. Like it's just a bad look. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it's a bad look to spend that type of money and fire a guy who did you see his records? Yeah, he, he was almost what sixty-seven and twenty something. I mean, yeah, it was it was nuts. I mean, he's six and one in bowl games. You know, yes. went to the Big Ten titles, went to Rose, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, and then that's when I go back to Illinois fans. Like, you would take that in a heartbeat for a decade. Oh, good lord! Long he's been there. Look, Illinois is right now on a ten-year streak of um, under five hundred. Yeah, we just talked on our podcast that we did. I think 2011 was last time Illinois was ranked in the top 25. If they win this week, is Illinois ranked in the top 25? Um, I think I think this week will do it. Yeah, I think, I think this it would week will do it. Um, but I I also think that when you start theorizing this week will do it, that's a dangerous place to be. And that's <laughs> one of the things that I like about Brett Bielma is he really talks about all the time that his job is to keep people focused on the task at hand, not – down the way and he does a wonderful job of that um let's see if he can do it this week because they've got a they've got a i mean you talk about a rivalry now they've been playing since 1899 now the ironic thing is this is only the 78th meeting between the teams what i didn't realize till i kind of dived into it a little bit is iowa and illinois did not play from 1953 to 1966 because of a fight following the 1952 game. No kidding. Yeah. And so I can believe the fight. Yeah. I just can't believe they stopped playing. Yeah. Well, back wow. I guess, I guess basically, you know, there was, there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, snowflakes back in those days, I guess, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody remembers the good old days as being good, you know, so maybe, yeah. maybe there was just some hurt feelings. I don't know. That's crazy. But here's the thing that's amazing about this. It, the, right now, the series is 38 wins for Illinois, 37 wins for Iowa, two wow. ties. So that tells you the job that Hayden Fry and Kirk Ferentz have done, because I guarantee you one thing, that that was that would not been nearly so close when they showed up because they've they've done a good job. They're on an eight game winning streak yeah. against Illinois right now. I, I'll tell you this is this is a scary uh, game for me. When I look at the Iowa defense, and you can tell me a little bit about this defense, but you know here here's a defense that that basically ranks third nationally in scoring defense, fifth in defensive TDs sixth in team passing efficiency, seventh in total defense, so that's yards, mm-hmm. um, 12th in passing yards allowed, um, uh, you know, so basically um, 13th in rushing defense, 21st in red zone. So you've got a defense that's high-powered. you got two stud linebackers. I mean, you know, you got guy. these guys are moving up the charts, you know, it, it, with – uh, you know, uh, Jack Campbell and Seth Benson in, in an impressive 
pantheon of Iowa linebackers. Yeah. This 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 defense has me nervous. Am I am I justified in feeling nervous? No, it's a really it's a really good defense. It was a really good defense last year. They didn't lose much from it. Um, Riley Moss surprised a lot of people. He came back. He's an All American cornerback. They have a young kid at the other side, um, Cooper DeGene, that's doing fantastic as a as a true sophomore. So he's playing very well. He's been Big Ten Player of the Week a couple weeks ago on defense. Um, had a big game against. Uh, against Rutgers as well. So really good in the secondary, some good, uh, some good safeties as well. And you mentioned the linebackers. I was always had really good linebackers. I'm really good friends with one of them here in the quad cities, Pat Angerer, who played for the Colts yeah. for a while. Yep. And he's like, man, Jack Campbell's like faster than me and taller than me and better looking than me. And I said, yes, he's that to all three of them. He'll play on Sundays soon. He'll be a, a first, second, third round pick. And they don't really take linebackers in the first round very often anymore. It doesn't seem like so, but he's going to play on Sundays and make a lot of money. And then they just got a lot of guys up front. Um, Logan Lee is a kid from the quad cities who Kent went to Iowa as a, as a tight end moved to defensive end and then moved inside to tackle. He's playing really well. Luke Van Ness is doing a fantastic job up front and they just got a lot of guys and they, they will dominate the line of scrimmage. They want to control things up front. Um, they don't get to, they do it. They have a new system. Now they were basic four, three for a long time. In recent years, they've added a cash linebacker or cash player. He's kind of a tweener between a safety. They can use a safety, he's a quarterback. They can use a, a really fast linebacker. And that's kind of been a, a wrinkle for them, but as good as coach Walters has been for Illinois, I mean, Phil Parker's been doing this for a long, long yep. time, and he's yep. one of the best in the business. Um, he's well compensated for it, and as he should be. So, yeah, none of Iowa's problems are on the defensive side of the football. They're opportunistic. They haven't been as opportunistic this year as they were last year. Remember, last year they were scoring more points on defense and offense, but they have two um, defensive touchdowns. They have two block punts this year. They have two safeties this year. So um, the one thing that – Iowa fans are nervous about that. I was kind of surprised by last week. I wasn't surprised that Iowa didn't run the ball very well against Michigan, but um, they, they, they controlled the line of scrimmage, especially in the first half on offense as well. Michigan did. So that defensive line, that's really good. Got pushed around a little bit. Iowa's really good. And I don't, I don't think Illinois is one dimensional because I think DeVito is a good enough quarterback, but if you can't do both things really good. If you're just a one-dimensional team, Iowa's really good at that. And they real and they're really good at, at ca- causing turnovers and making mistakes. So um yeah, it's it's as good as advertised. Illinois defense has been awesome this year. Iowa's has been just as good. Um yeah, that under is like 35 and a half, I think, yeah. on the game or 30. Yeah, it's just gonna be a defensive battle, defensive struggle. But yeah, Iowa's defense is 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 really, really good. My whole theory about this game, Mike, was and I thought this before last week. I said if Iowa beats Michigan, they're going to go to Illinois and lose. Um, I thought if Illinois beats Wisconsin, they might be in the opposite position where it's one of those huge win games, let down as you come home. And it's just Kirk Ferentz. It, it seems like Iowa over the years, if they're backs are against the wall or if they're not going to do something or if people think they're not good or if people think that they're going to lose another game it's usually when Iowa plays really well they do a fantastic job in the role of underdogs I don't know what it is about them so that's one thing that's kind of got me intrigued by this game and then Ked just brought up on the podcast that we just did does Iowa does Kirk Ferentz lose three games when the last time Iowa lost three games in a row 2018 and do you know what snapped the three games in a row well, it'd probably be a playing in Illinois would be my guess. Six, 63 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Old Down buddy. in Champagne. Yeah, so, old. um, 
so those are things that kind of make it an interesting. I, I mean, honestly, I just had to do a pick on the last podcast we did, and I did it on the seat of my pants. I think it's going to be a really good football game. But yeah, this defense is really, really good. And and Mike, you've seen an off a defense at Illinois that doesn't give up anything. Like I remember watching that Virginia game and Virginia's trying to score something in the fourth quarter and they, they weren't having it. I mean, this defense and Ryan Walters has done a fantastic job. Yeah, they, they are. Um, it's a defense that's extremely good. Um, and what is very interesting about Ryan Walters is, is he, he sees the game. Well, and coach B was talking about that this week. He sees the game well and then makes adjustments bingo and that's the thing yep. that 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 and, and the funny thing is he doesn't carry around a, a card with him it's all up here in his head yeah. and so it that that kind of makes you stand out um and i do think that illinois may not have the depth of a of an iowa or a wisconsin or michigan i think in the starting lineup particularly on defense they can hang with probably anybody outside of you know the you know the alabamas of the world um where the concern is for me as a fan is, you know, we can't, we can't get, we can't get injuries, you know, because yeah. when you bring in that, then there's a dip and that's, that's what happens when Brett Bielma shows up and, you know, he's got to put together a team with the base that Lovey Smith had left. Nope. Completely agree. That's one worry. That's one concern that that Illinois should have when it comes to, this game is how they can't afford an injury. They just simply can't because, and I was deep. I was deep at several positions, especially on the defensive side of the football. The, the problem in Iowa city, if you haven't heard. Is I, I offense, was thinking about doing a is, video. Is their offense kind of sucks. I mean, yeah. kind of, it's kind of really, really bad. Yeah. St- Stoops Stoops made everybody aware of that. Um, oh God, this is crazy. I well, it's funny because that... I mentioned Pat anger before I, he joked with me. He said, I should just, Go on, 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 uh, uh, what was it? What's the, the app? TikTok. Tick, no, it's not TikTok. It's oh, Cameo. Yeah. Cameo. Yeah. Yeah, Cameo. He's like, yeah. I should just make Cameo videos blasting people. And then when I get in trouble, say, Hey, somebody asked me to do it. Like, I just, <laughs> I just read a script. Like, just that's an easy way out. I, I just, you know, just kind yeah. of vent and kind of blast people. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a struggle offensively. And it's, I think the frustrating thing for Iowa fans, Mike, is it's not like you didn't see it coming. So um, Spencer Petras started as a true uh, sophomore the COVID year right? and didn't play well for a couple games, kind of got right, kind of started showing some signs. Actually, the best game he had was the game down in Illinois where I think he threw three touchdown passes. And Trust me, the same thing we heard last week, you know, you know, with uh, Grant Mertz. <laughs> yeah, his, his- his first game against Illinois, he looked like uh, Tom Brady wrapped up in Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and then, and then you're like, okay, he's getting it, but he's young, so it's going to take a little bit. Well, now he's a senior, and it's it's not it's not clicking. Great kid, really is, and I don't want to be that like that. And I don't want to say fanboy, but that that guy to defend him, but to come out and to to answer the critics, to talk to the media every single Tuesday when we get up there and every single game afterwards, it's not easy. It's not fun. And, and he hears it and he's a human being. He seems like a good dude. So you appreciate all that, but the the success isn't there. Um, But the thing with Iowa that, so the big debate in Iowa city is, is it, is it Spencer that's broken because they ain't going anywhere else. So the, the backup right. is Alex Padilla. He played some games last year. 
he's not very good either. And I think that's, if they had somebody else, I think they would have gone to him by now, but I don't think there is anybody else. So this is what it is. And then there's the other process with the, the kind of the Wisconsin fans have been complaining about is why is the offense the way it is? It's very predictable. It is what it is. And that's not going to change. That doesn't come from Brian Ferentz, who is yes, the, the son of head coach Kirk Ferentz, and he's your offensive coordinator. But that's a, that's a Kirk thing. This is, this is Kirk's offense. It is what it is. It's been what it has been for, for two decades and they've won a ton of football games with it. So it's kind of that chicken or egg thing where it's, is it, is it the, the quarterback's really bad? Does the offense need to be changed? There's, there's half the fan base. It's like, get rid of Brian Ferentz. Kirk needs to go too. And then there's half of them that are like this, this quarterback's the worst and blah and all that kind of stuff. What I'm kind of seeing from them and Kirk tried to kind of sell after the Michigan loss was, you know, things are coming together. Like you're starting to see it. They got, they got a really good tight end in Sam Laporte. I think he's an Illinois native down in that area. And then um, they got an, uh, another tight end Lachey who's playing very, very well. So you're getting that two tight ends that, that Iowa has been known for when it comes yep. to Noah Fant and Hawkinson and Dallas Clark and all that kind of stuff. They were hurt at wide receiver. They're starting to get a little more healthy. They still don't have their top target in Keegan Johnson. I don't think you're going to see him back this year. That's a weird situation. Not really sure what's wrong with him and all that kind of stuff, but you're not going to see him on Saturday. I can guarantee you that. And then they have a three headed monster at running back, a freshman that's playing really good in Caleb Johnson. And, you know, they like what they have there. So like Kirk's selling it and it's like, it's all coming together and it's making sense. But that's where he, and then the offensive line's getting better. It's young. They're all highly recruited. You know, they're, they're coaching them up, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of where it stops. And as the media guy, you're like, you didn't mention the quarterback. <laughs> and if everything else is coming together around it and you're still, they had 91 yards of total offense after three quarters. Yeah. They yeah. had 57 yards of penalties, I think at that point. So that's the frustrating thing with Iowa, what Iowa fans are frustrated about and the games they've won this year. They've, the defensive score has scored more. I mean, the Rutgers, they scored 14 points, end up winning. Um, the first game of the year, they needed two safeties to win that game. The defense outscored the offense four to three. Yes, it was a football game. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's been very frustrating, but you're not going to get much different. It's just, if these guys can't make, and then if you kind of go back a second and say after the Michigan game, Spencer Peters throws for three for 249 yards and a touchdown doesn't turn the ball over. You would have taken it. The problem was a lot of those yards are like empty calories because they're that last drive of the game when you're down 20 and you get 75 yards going down the field and scoring a touchdown. So yeah, a lot of frustrations. I think Iowa plays better right now on the road because it's one of those environments that the natives get restless quickly. So they come out, you get a stop on Iowa, they get the the groaning and groaning starts. They don't score again. The boo birds come out and then they're just really pushing. I think it was great for Iowa to go on the road to Rutgers they played better. They won the game easily. I think it's almost an advantage. I know it sounds crazy because 70,000 yep. fans at Kinnick Stadium is a good thing, but um, I think it's probably better off for them to be on the road. I think the offense plays better on the road. I don't like, I don't think the defense, I don't think I was going to like the defense. They're going to go play, but <laughs> that's a whole different story. So that's the Iowa offense in a nutshell. It's got fans frustrated. Um, it's got fans wanting change and all that kind of stuff. But cause you mentioned Mike, it's a really good defense and the special teams are awesome. Tory Taylor is one of the best punchers in the country. Yep. They play really their kickers, the kicking games, the Iowa kicking game. They, they blocked punts this year. Like the, the, the defense is well above average. The special teams are way above average. The offense is literally the worst offense in college football. And is, that's what's coming to champagne. So, so I guess the question I have is, you know, does Brian Ferentz have the ability to coach quarterbacks? Because as, as a coach, I always looked at it as two things happen on the court or the field. 
you know, what you allow to happen and what you coach people to do. And if you, if you allow somebody to play poorly and you're unable to coach them up, that's more on you than it is the player. And I will say at Illini guys, we're very similar to you. We don't, we don't throw rocks at the kids. We assume they're doing their best, you know, and, and sometimes they come up short. That's part of life and the development we get with athletics. Um, I think the fans are probably less um, willing to do that, particularly with the dollars that are following the NIL now. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're seeing maybe less tolerance. And, And I have to be honest, when I, go through Twitter. Now that's hardly a place to look for sanity, <laughs> but I will say that the Iowa and Wisconsin fan bases are stirred up like a hornet's nest right now. Mm-hmm. And versus like the Michigan state fan base is resigned to do, you know, after what they're going through this season. Yeah. So, uh, and Illinois people just assume that it's all going to fall apart because of that list of all those people, you know, Illinois had in, to be in my estimation, Mike White was a really good coach and John Makovic was a really good coach. And you have to go all the way to Brett Bielma to get the third one. Yeah. And that's a long, that's, that's 1991 all the way to when Brett got hired, you know, back in, in the very end of 2020. So that's a long time to have a crappy program. Um, And so the Illini fans have a little bit of what I term Illini football fan PTSD. Oh, yeah. Because typically what we joke about is, as an Illini fan, you never say, could it get worse? Because every time we've said that historically, it has. Yeah. And so that's that's the fear going into this game with Iowa. I personally think there's, there's um, two things that are going to determine this game. Uh, one is turnovers. Because what – what the the Illinois offense, you know, managed to do against Wisconsin was not give Wisconsin's the de- didn't allow the defense to take the ball away from them and didn't give uh, an offense that was struggling an opportunity to get a short field score. That's the first thing. Yeah. And then and then the second thing, I know this sounds a little bit crazy, but I think the Illinois special teams has to have a good day because you can't allow, you know, that that blocked punt for a touchdown Mm -hmm. and you lose by four points you know you can't allow those plays and to me if I'm going to guess right now and I know this sounds like an Illinois homer but I think the Illinois defense has a slightly larger gap between them and the Iowa offense than there is between the Iowa defense and the Illinois offense I'm not saying it's huge Mm -hmm. But if 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 they play to the best of their ability, I think Illinois wins you're this thing. The, you're saying the Illinois offense is competent. It's, it's competent. I'm not saying yeah. it's great, but it's I, competent. I, it's you're 100 correct because the Iowa offense is, is not. So yeah, and right. yeah, and absolutely. so and so to me, the turnover battle is probably gonna gonna tell the difference in this thing because it's what opened the door for the big blowout up in Wisconsin. The turnovers mm-hmm. that that you know, Graham Mertz had, uh, or, and to be honest, the kickoff, you know, the, 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 the blunder where the guy caught the ball, it hits the ground and then he reaches down for it and kicks it forward right to an Illinois player on a kickoff. I mean, it's like, well, there's a gift, you yeah. know, no, um, and you can't have plays like that. It, you know, is if you look back at Illinois in 1983, when, when they were the only team in the big 10 history to go nine and zero in conference, 
there's there's no plays like that. Yeah. You know, on the march to win, there's no, hey, remember that time when we threw an interception that went for a pick six and nobody could believe it? Well, you don't have those. Yeah. And and so I think if they can do that, and I think the same thing for Iowa. I was, you know, I mean, bad offense is one thing, but if they don't have any turnovers, at least you make the other team earn it with a great punter and an awesome defense. Yeah. No, you're you're spot on. I mean, it's going to be one of. I got a question for you because I, we're trying to figure it out. But we talked about it in the last podcast that I did. But um, what will the crowd look like at can at uh, I almost said Kinnick. I'm sorry, uh, Memorial Stadium. Are, well, are we, again, uh, the PSD is you know PTSD is. There. So I got I got to stop you real fast because when you brought that all up, I got to I full disclosure, I'm a Lions fan, and so and I'm not comparing Perfect the Lions analogy. to the but like and anytime like and so I the Lions looked really good this year and I'm like okay I'm, I'm I like this and then like I'm in Ross and Brown gets hurt and I said we can't have nice things. That's the first thing that like and that's what I think Illini fans are is they're they're guardedly optimistic but they're like wait a minute every time I go to do this every time I get my hopes up it hurts even more. So yep. when Illinois fans haven't haven't had heartbreak in football in a while and I get it as a fan I get emotionally uh, uh um uh most emotionally invested and as a Lions fan I haven't been in a couple of years because they've been really really bad. So once you pull you back in that's when it hurts more. So I get that. I've heard like is is it is it too expensive? Is that a no. thing? No, it's just basically um, people over 30 years, you know, with the exception of the 2001 and 2007 seasons that were particularly good. And, and you know, maybe mm-hmm. the year Zook went 6-0 and and then lost six in a row because Mike Thomas was trying to fire him. Um, not that Zook was a particularly good game day coach at all. <laughs> no, I got um, But then, you know, Mike Thomas said, hold my beer. We're going to get a way worse coach than that. Here's Tim Beckman. Um <laughs> And so uh, Illini fans are, 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 you know, you're nervous because you're waiting to see, like, where's the trap door or, like, on Gilligan's Island, you know, where's the rope that you're going to – that's going to wrap around your leg and send you up into a tree, you know, upside down. Um, they're waiting for that moment. And, and the funny thing is it must be so frustrating to Josh Whitman, to Brett Bielma, to, to the football team because they have nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. This has been built over 30 years. You know, people forget that Ron Gunther, when he was the the AD of Illinois, you know, they had a sub 40% winning percentage over 20-something years. So your football team has been on this, this decline, and it's just become less and less important. Yeah. And now Bielma's got a light. I mean, Bielma basically is raising this thing from the dead. No, absolutely. And, and I got to give him credit because – I one of my one of my first articles besides you know when he got the job was the mountain in front of Bielema and I actually had a, a comparison chart between um, Iowa's last forty years and Illinois's and you know Illinois could have had Iowa if they would have hired the the right coaches you know what I mean yeah and they they just haven't done it until looks like Bielema but and, to make to make Illinois fans feel better. Kirk's first year wasn't very good. Won a, yeah. He won a game, and but he won a game at the end of the year that was important, and that springboarded in the next year. But it didn't happen overnight. 
Oh yeah, and I you, agree. You can see you can see this from an outside looking in, and as a guy who covers the 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 the, the program as well, you can see this thing going in the right direction. You really, really can. Um, I said to Cat, I said, "Hey, so will there be a sellout?" And he goes, "Well, let me." And then he went and he had this long, long story. So, what do you expect? I expect fifty thousand, maybe fifty-two. And it doesn't hold seventy-four anymore. It holds sixty. Yeah, sixty-two. 60. So it's gonna be a good. It should be a great environment at night. It it should be. Um. And, and look, you know, if, you know, if I was, you know, it's not my money, right? So it's easy for me to make these statements, but, you know, I, I would be going to every frat house with a stack of tickets, you know. Didn't they do that? I, saw, I thought I saw on Twitter that like somebody they, bought they, a thousand. They gave away, they they gave away a thousand, but I'm just telling you that if I yeah. had some that were sitting around, I mean, this, this is just, I'm an old sales guy, right? Yeah. So if I had, a, if I, if I'm looking at noon on Saturday, if I've got, 5,000 tickets. I'm like, literally you guys are going out and you're get you're going to, we're going to, we're going to divvy these yep. up amongst 15 people. We're going to go to all the frat houses. We're going to go and we're going to hand them out to students who don't have tickets. Cause you're not going to use them anyways. And they're going to go. And if they have a great time, they're going to come back. Exactly. No, absolutely. The, 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 the football fan attendance dilemma for Illinois is the same as the basketball fan attendance dilemma for Iowa. Because they still have, I mean, getting the student section excited at the University of Iowa, there's a whole big, that that's a whole different podcast you can do. But it's that kind of thing with the University of Iowa as well. And you're like, where, how do you get these kids there? And I've also often said to Fran, Fran should just, you know, it should be free to get there. You should, you should get your kids in there. No matter how it is, it makes your environment better. It makes your team better. You make millions of dollars, get your kids there, you know, somehow, some way. So I totally agree with that as well. Get them there. Get them in there, and anyway, and if they go and if they have fun, and if this is the win that they you rush the field, and I don't think you rush the field because Iowa ain't ranked. I'm not saying that, but if you have a special win and a big win at the, against the University of Iowa, they're going to come back. That's the only way you, you got to get them there Look, in the first place. You got to get that first date. You remember? I, I mean, I, I was a did. junior. I was a junior in high school, 1983. I grew up in a town of Muhammad, right outside of Champaign. Sure. I was a junior in high school. At Muhammad, we would actually sell programs wearing the old Illini jerseys because we were blue and orange, and we would go out and sell them. And then we would give half the money to our athletic director and half the money he would give half the money to the U of I. And so we would sell programs at tailgates. And that year, I got a chance to watch that whole season at home because I was selling and then we got to sit right behind the team. And I actually wore 19 in, in, in high school. Cause I was a huge Eric Dickerson fan. So I could hop over the fence and kind of stand around the sideline and look like an injured kicker. I was big enough to kind of pull off go. that. And, and I'll tell you what, that, that season, I, those memories are clear as, as can be. Yeah. And I sit down, it's kind of ironic now, here's an old guy. I sit down with David Williams, you know, the Hall of Fame, College Hall of Fame wide receiver for Illinois, who was um, the, the guy who keyed that offense. And, and we talk about, you know, the shutting out Chuck Long and in, in Iowa, 33 to nothing that year. You talk about the win at Michigan. You talk about the goal line stand against Iowa to make sure they stayed at zero. You talk about Thomas Rooks going around the end. He's not going to step out of bounds. He goes and scores a touchdown. Illinois beats Ohio State. These fans are so starved mm-hmm. for that 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 if I don't think Coach Bielma will not do this run out and get all giddy. He's just not. That's not his nope. DNA. 
But the fans might because it's been pent up so long yeah. for, for this team. And and so that's where that's where we, we will see. I mean, I, I found myself watching the reaction of the Nebraska team for beating Indiana. And I don't want to be like the old guy shouting at clouds. <laughs> but I thought to myself, you know, I, I couldn't see a lot of teams getting that upset or that excited about winning that. And then I looked at that as more of an illustration of what Nebraska has been through yeah. the last six, 10 years, you know, whatever it's been. And, and Illinois has been through a lot, but um, I do think the, if there's, if they win and that's not a given because Iowa is a better team than their record. Um, if they win, because of the the intensity of the rivalry, there there might be a moment like that. Yeah, but I don't think the football team or the football staff will be involved in it at all because they'll no. be like, "We're supposed to do this. Yeah. We're supposed to win." And Bielma said that last year. You know, when they beat Nebraska, you know, the the opening game, everybody's like, "Oh my God, we won!" And Bielma's like, "Look, that, that's my job. My job yeah, is to he win." He said it last week. He said it last yep. week. This is what we should yes. get, become expecting to do. So, no, I agree with that. Absolutely. What happens if be so? What if my prediction is Iowa, Illinois beats Iowa, Ference gets fired next Wednesday, and Brett Bielema is the head coach at Iowa next year? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, no, yeah. I'm kidding. No, well, you know what? The bottom you know line what, is, though, if, if, if they Kirk fire Ferentz, they're crazy. But. If Kirk Ferentz retires or gets you, the, when he leaves, if if nothing else changes, if it was if he retired at the end of this year, the one of the top three candidates would be Brett Bielema. If not yeah. the top candidate, would be Brett Bielema. You put Stoops in there, you put Brett Bielema in there, and then you probably put um, Lavar Woods as their their special teams coordinator, great young dude that I think is going to do really good things, and maybe Phil Parker. But I, that's 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 one of right. the things that it is. I mean, it's he's got a, and I think you're right. He ain't going to celebrate and go crazy. But I I'm telling you. This game would mean more than him to win. I believe that. I I believe that. It's just the the, the way he spoke of missing last year's game. So um, do you have a prediction? Have you guys done your predictions? Can I hear your prediction? You seem nervously um, and cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I I, I actually, um, now you're going to make me. I don't want to take it away from another part of the show or anything. So don't don't give anything away on my behalf. We're going to do a reveal. Not that anybody cares, but I'm going to go ahead. and. I know what Ked's pick is. Have you guys done Ked? Yeah, well, we 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 do it on we do them on Saturday. We, we ooh, so could, could I could I like could I give away Ked's pick? Just to I know what Ked's pick. everybody's off. No, I'm not gonna. Yeah, give no, away. I don't mind. Look, look. Ultimately, I picked. Okay, <laughs> I picked an Illini victory, and I picked a twenty-one to three. I'm oh, betting. Wow. I'm Good betting. You. I am betting that that offense is going to let down the Iowa defense. Okay. That's what I'm betting. And and look, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm I, if I'm going to have to bet, I'm going to push my chips. I I trust the two defenses and I trust Illinois' offense a little bit. I don't trust the Iowa offense. So that probably means Iowa's going to end up with 1000 yards of offense <laughs> no. on Saturday. That 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 will not happen, I promise you that. Um I didn't have a pick until I just did the one with Cad just a little bit ago and I kind of I didn't put one together because I thought about this. I am a gambling man. I love yep. to sports gamble. I would not put my wife's hard earned money on this game. That's what I'll put for you know, if I would, I'd pick take the under. Um yeah, I, I, I don't totally. I think twenty one, no team will score twenty one points on each other's. Well, I, again, I but remember where I said I put my chips. So well, I, I, I think 
I think there could be like a pick six for Illinois. Yep. I think there could be a fumble on the six. That's how I think. No, I completely get it. Um, this is just a vibe thing, and it's not a homer pick because yep. I've I've gambled a lot on Illinois. In fact, I'm still cranky about the Indiana game because the y'all got hosed and and I lost money. And I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. So and I've and 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 the funny thing is on the podcast I do the Hawkeye Report podcast, uh, they give me a hard time for being an Illini fan because I know enough about the Illini or a lot about the Illini. I reference y'all a lot. So with that being said, I go 16-13. I just don't know why, but I have some feeling that when Iowa is down, I go Iowa. I think that every time Iowa is down, they figure out a way to get right. And I it just it seems like everyone is so excited and high about Illinois and, and rightfully so I get it, but I just think that Iowa loves this Iowa and Kirk Ferentz and that coaching staff is that nobody believes in you and all, and all that kind of stuff. The funny thing is you said that I caught you say is that Iowa is better than the record. The record's three and two. I know, but they're, like, they're, they're a four and one. I, I can, I completely agree. They should have beat Iowa state. Um, so I don't know how they do it. I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of offense. I think each team gets a touchdown. I can see both teams scoring on the defensive side of the football. Special teams will be huge. All those kind of things. Um, Iowa escapes with a 16, 13 victory. I wouldn't bet it. I think it's going to be an awesome, fantastic uh, college football game. And I, I think this rivalry is going to continue to get better throughout the years. And that's the exciting thing for, for people in the quad cities, especially us that, that, that have your neighbor being a, a Hawkeye fan and you're an Illini fan and all that kind of stuff. And it'll make it for, for some really good fun times, but for some reason, somehow, some way, I think they extend the winning streak to, to nine. Am I confident about it, Mike? Oh, no, I'm not confident about it at all. Um, but that's, if I had to bet, that's the way I would go. And I just, I think that both Ked and Tom that I did the other podcast with was, were surprised by what I said, but I'm just going to go with Illinois and pick the, or the, the Hawkeyes and pick the, the Hawkeyes 16 to 13. Yeah. And even ESPN has it a 60, 40 game. So, I mean, when you really look at it, that's not far off of a coin flip. It sounds cliche, Mike. And it's, I mean, it does. Cause we are like, and we both were, uh, who doesn't turn over the football and who th- doesn't make mistakes. And that's with every college football game, but that's, that's the way this thing is. It's what other team doesn't make mistakes, whichever defense can control the line of scrimmage. It's a huge thing. Um, injuries are a big thing. I mean, it really is. And it's funny because I think at the beginning of this year, Gosh, I think I saw a line on this game early, and I think it was 11 and a half for Iowa, even being at, at Illinois. That's before the season even started. Yep. And now it is what it is. And Iowa's been a double-digit favorite the last five years in this thing. And now it's the other way around. So it's a complete role reversal for the University of Iowa, a complete role reversal for Illinois. I hope it's a great environment. Um, we're sending Camille down, um, one of our other girls here from WQAD. If I didn't have so many darn kids, Mike, I got kids <laughs> commitments. I got four of them. So I'm not going to be able to sneak down to that game. But it's one of those games that I've. the last time I was in an Iowa-Illinois game, it wasn't the 63 nothing. But it was, I think, the one before that down there, and it was cold. It was like November. It was cold. I'm not Iowa won easily, and I remember in the second half of the game there was snow flying. I didn't want to be outside, and there was nobody left in the stadium, but probably about ten thousand Iowa fans. Yeah, that's not going to happen this week. So regardless of what, and remember, sixty-three to nothing, because that's never going to happen again. And if you, if you're an Illinois fan, remember that in a good way, because that's how far this program has come recently to be relevant to be four and one of the season and um to have an exciting primetime game maybe the biggest game in the big 10 this weekend the most intriguing one I, I think i think in all fairness i do think it is and and you know one of the things maybe the saving grace for illini will be the fact that um 
what you said for for the team this might be a big letdown week but for Brett Bielma this is not a big letdown oh, week man. and maybe he can literally pick up that team and carry them across the uh the finish line on that and I'll say oh, let me say this too that when I say like a letdown week I don't I mean there are trap you, games though if it's you're let if you're a letdown at night again with with a with a great house and a lot, ton of orange, then you ain't living. Like I get the whole letdown as you get there, but if you show up on game day and the environment that, that place should be, it's going to be hard to be let down and all that kind of stuff. So just, and two teams that do the exact same thing, but you're right. I mean, you watch this, you text me on Saturday night and you're going to be like, wow, this is, this offense is bad. Like, I mean, sure you've watched, I'm sure you've seen, so it can yeah. get very, um, very frustrating as Iowa fans watch and, and do all that kind of stuff. So, but it'll be fun. That's one thing for sure. And the rivalry is getting getting better and better. It's been really good in basketball, Mike. It's been really good in basketball. Oh, it's been it's, it's been a lot of fun, and, and and it's getting better in football too. Yeah, Chris Murray can carry the water for the Iowa team this year, and it'll be a fun it'll be a fun uh, you know watching those two teams bang at one another again. And and let's face it. Fran is always entertaining. Underwood's <laughs> always entertaining. So it, it, it's it's a rivalry again. And um, you know, again, we 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 still can one can't of them forget. please get to the Sweet Sixteen though? Can um, one of them like this? Like this is like the beginning of Henson's era. Henson was the same way. He really? couldn't. He struggled to get. And all of a sudden, boom! It took off. And then, of course, Bruce Pearl brought it you know, screaming you know, to the ground. Do you know the last time Iowa was in the Sweet Sixteen? I do not Nin- know. 1999. Wow. There's look at some of the team. Northern Iowa has been in the Sweet 16. Bradley has been in the Sweet 16 then since then. It's hard to find teams that have not been in the Sweet 16. Then you you wake up and accidentally win two games in the NCAA tournament and go to the and Iowa's been there a lot lately. Yeah. I mean, they really have since Fran's gotten there, they've gone the majority of the years, maybe missed two his first year and then like maybe year four for some reason. Like Bohannon's freshman year, which was like twelve years ago. Yeah, that, was, that would have put him what two thousand seven. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So I mean, they get there, and they're favored to go places. I mean, yeah. and and it just hasn't happened. So yeah, I the the COVID year when everybody was in Indianapolis, I thought I was going to be living in Indianapolis for like three weeks because I'm like I was good. They're going to make the Sweet Sixteen. Illinois might be a Final Four team, and then I was going home at the end of that weekend and having to watch four kids and. It was disappointing, Mike. <laughs> yes, I totally understand that. Well, so. I tell you what, Matt, I really appreciate you carving some time out of your schedule. Obviously, being a TV anchor, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the evenings. People no, are... I, just, I just drink heavily before the newscast, so well, that, I've just been that, drinking during the – no, I'm kidding. That, that's No, but that's a great thing, too, as well. You know, <laughs> Hey, it's all about results. Right, right. Hey, and before you go, I got to say thank you to my guy, Time Stoner, who God bless him if you listen to this whole thing. But, um, yeah, he's the guy who kind of – gave you a heads up yep. and, and got a hold of me and stuff. Tommy and I went to college together and are good, good friends. And any story you hear from Tom Stoner about me, Mike, you have to promise to keep yourself. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to have, <laughs> he, he works with my wife at state farm. So I'm going to make sure that uh, she gets me some good dirt and we're going to have you on for basketball and we're going to have a real discussion. <laughs> no, it'll be a ton of fun. I got to go do the newscast. Mike, thanks you so Perfect. much for having me. Anytime you need anything from me, uh, make sure you give me a buzz. Let me know. Excellent. Thank you very much, sir. Take care. So that was a lot of fun, folks. That was uh, Matt Randazzo. He's at WQAD in the Quad Cities, uh, News 8. And if you want to listen to him, he also does some stuff with the Hawkeye Report and Tom Kakert, a uh, fantastic source for Hawkeye News as well. 
So we would like to tell you this Eye on the Illini episode was powered by IlliniGuys.com. If, uh, you know, doesn't matter where you live. You live in Champaign. You live in Chicago. Halfway across this great country. Halfway across this huge planet. IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know on everything going on in fighting Illini athletics. $99 a year is the subscription price. You can get a, a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. And I would encourage you to do so, particularly when you do kick the tires. Go back into the message boards. That's where you can talk with other Illini fans. But the best thing is, is you can also talk to Brad Sturdy. You can talk to Ked Prince. You can talk to Matt Stevens. You can talk to Larry. You can talk to myself. Um, so there's a lot of interaction. It's not a passive thing like watching TV. It's something that you're a part of because you get to go back and forth with Illini fans and people who cover the Illini. It's a lot of fun. Um, we also have our family of podcasts, Sturdy for 30. That's Brad's uh, award-winning and uh, the 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 big starship of the big flagship of our uh, uh, podcast. Also, we have Ked's Recruiting Roundup. And of course, we also have the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That's a weekly show. Uh, Matt talked about it a little bit. It's on 20 stations throughout Illinois on 30 different signals. If you count all the AMs and FMs, go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button, find the place, the city closest to you, see what day we're on. It'll either be Friday or Saturday and see what time. And you get two hours of fun. We're not going to talk much about the Yankees and the Red Sox. We're not going to talk a ton about what LeBron thinks, but we will talk a lot about Illini sports. And when we get bored, we'll even talk about things like the Bears, the Bulls, the White Sox, the Cardinals, so that it's all stuff that somebody from Illinois would appreciate. We also release that as a podcast at noon for those who didn't have a chance to listen to it. And that is out there after all of our radio station partners have broadcast the show in its entirety. So please go ahead and take a listen to that as well. And if you do, call up that station and tell them thank you because they need to know that that's a good show that people appreciate. So with that, this is Illini Guy Mike, and I am so happy that you joined us. We will see how this Illini-Iowa battle goes. I think it's going to be a intense game and uh, Saturday night, it's must viewing on BTN, so do not miss it. And if you are in driving distance of Champaign, grab yourself a ticket. It will be worth it. You want to have the memories that us older fans have of beating Iowa, beating Michigan, beating Ohio State in 1983. This could be one of those special years, and you want to be there so you can be a part of it. With that, it's go Illini. <laughs>